everybody, this is Moran from ZinniMe, and I'm at the Indiaria conference, and I get to interview the amazing Roy Kiesling. If any of you have um, done training in EMDR, you might have been trained by this guy, or you may have um, been on the EMDR listserv, and he was the um, moderator for years and years and years. He's just an amazing wealth of knowledge when it comes to EMDR. Uh, and I just thought he had some really cool parts of his development story that he could share with you guys. So here we are. Yeah, Thanks, good. Roy. <laughs> good. So what do you want to know? <laughs> so tell me about how you decided um, on your specialization. Um, oh, how I got involved in EMDR? I was working at a weight reduction program, and I got this flyer. This was back in 95 okay. about this weird thing, and I threw it away. <laughs> well, of course. It's the weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And the, the person that I was working for had had me pre in previous subsequent times as a, a uh, worked for her, said, you ought to go to this. And so I did. And I had all my clients lined up, and it worked. It was working really fascinating. So then I just sort of got really involved in it. And I love to teach. Sort of, you, you kind of teach villages to shift fish, you know? And so I got involved with, in the trainings. Uh -huh. uh, and then very excitingly went to Bangladesh. It's my first uh, EMDR training kind of internationally on a volunteer basis. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you to um, develop yourself and become like known as the EMDR therapist <laughs> as opposed to just a therapist? Um, well, I think I, I probably got known more internationally or nationally, probably nationally than locally. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my practice was I didn't market that particularly, but I was so involved with with the trainings and getting involved, and as you said, I got very, uh, it got very apparent in the EMDR community. First, with Francine, doing going to Bangladesh, because mm -hmm. that was sort of put me into another inner circle from just a participant, yeah. uh, and I had facilitated for her. Then the list serve that I had done for a decade yes. is worldwide. So I think just my presence on there and talking about EMDR. So it sort of grew up more that way than, mm -hmm. than as a clinician. Wow. So it's more the training environment. With clinicians, I'm more known. <laughs> than with clients. <laughs> than with clients. That's right. When did you um, know that you really wanted to be that, that speaker and trainer and that like that was kind of your, your next step in your personal development? Um, Probably when we were invited to Bangladesh. That, that was, was a real turning point. It was. It was. Um, and what's funny about it was I sent out an email for anybody that wants to volunteer. It was a huge volunteer project uh -huh. with UNICEF um, mm -hmm. to go in there. It was like a six-month, nine-month project, wow. uh, sending therapists over every two, two, month, two weeks. Wow. And I still laugh at this. Uh, when I saw the email, I hadn't traveled much prior to that. And my wife came down the steps and I said, what do you think if I went to Bangladesh? <laughs> and she said, do, you, do I care? <laughs> or does it matter to me whether, you know, does it matter to me whether I care whether you go or not? Yeah. You know, would it make a difference? I said, no, it's just something I'm called for. So mm. it, that, started the, that started the process. And things just fall into place. Yeah, that's amazing. And then what are some of the things that you've seen shift um, in the last you know, since ninety five. <laughs> Twenty five well, years. That's been more than <laughs> a decade. <laughs> well, I think Francine started with this uh, PTSD when it was developed. There was nothing that could treat it. We had all these, particularly Vietnam vets, who weren't getting any better. And she, um, you know, 
had learned that eye movements help desensitize images, and she started off with that. And then she realized that's just with a single incident trauma. And then you have people there, lo and behold, you have lots of traumas. And that small little intervention wasn't big enough, it wasn't enough. And then she expanded it to EMDR and really developed that whole kind of continuum of, of a very sophisticated series of interventions that can be integrated into everything else a therapist would do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been the growth. And now I think we're coming full circle to where the other end of the continuum is equally valuable. We have such complex clients that many of them need small little, you know, fractionated pieces of work uh, that goes right back to the original way she constructed it in EMD, she called it down, where you do it the sensitization of small pieces until we're ready to go back out again. So it sort of started off very small, it ballooned out, and now it's kind of like it's become a continuum of a collective of all those interventions really need to be considered. So I think that's the big, one of the biggest shifts. How many therapists have you trained personally in EMDR? Oh my. <laughs> well, as I guess um, if you go back to 1998 when I started you know, facilitating for Francine and then all of the training, gosh, I don't know, 10,000? I don't know. <laughs> 5,000, it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. And what have been your biggest insights as a trainer and watching people go through the experience of kind of coming in? Like maybe like, oh, I think I'll do this training, and then seeing the progression. Well, I think the biggest challenge is to not overwhelm them with all the mecha mechanics and the techniques uh, and give them confidence that they can do this. Mm -hmm. Things happen pretty rapidly when you start the eye movements, and it can give them a sense of getting out of control. You know, mm -hmm. the new driver being thrown on the expressway in rush hour, you know, when everybody's going 90 miles an hour, it's just, it just happens too fast. So I think teaching them that they can move into this very incrementally at their own pace not overwhelm the clients, uh, I think is probably the most important thing. It gives them a, a level of comfort and confidence and built around their own experiences. That's yeah. really the, this, this isn't something totally new. We're not teaching you a whole new thing. Yeah. Uh, often when I train, I, I make references to music and mm. say, you're already, you're already a, a skilled musician. You're a, you're a concert violinist or you're a concert clarinetist. And we're going to teach you to play the piano. You've never played it. So you know about music, but you don't know the mechanics of clunking along and how learning something all over again. And you sort of have this disconnect of what I know I want to do, and I know all the, pit, the pitfalls and, and the capabilities, mm -hmm. but I have this structure of I don't know how to read both clefs, and I don't know how to mm -hmm. finger the piano. So I think helping them make that transition and allowing them to see that that's where they are. Yeah. You know, that they can, we're not asking them to give up all their clinical skills. We're just saying this is going to be another instrument. You just have that learning curve. I, you know, I have to say, it's, I, I love, that was one of the things I loved about chatting with you this weekend, is that I have seen so many people come out of EMDR training terrified. Yeah. Um, terrified to, to talk to their clients about it, terrified to do the intervention, um, terrified to even call themselves as an EMDR therapist, and they say, like, well, I don't know, I mean, I've gone through the training and I've been certified, but I don't know, you know? And I, I just thought, gosh, that's such a... It, like to me, it's such a sad thing um, to see therapists not in their place of like <sighs> and confidence, especially when you start to interview them and talk to them. You know, because I needed to make referrals because I got too many <laughs> referrals as an EMDR therapist. And I'm talking with other therapists, and they're like, "Oh no, it's amazing! I love what it looks like." And yet, they still there was something there, something blocking. So I love that your focus is on 
them tapping into who they are yeah. and, and just and adding. Right, and integrating it into their practice. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and admittedly, we have to have research. We have to have predictable fidelity that when you can replicate this because that's where efficacy comes from, yeah. uh, empirical validation. Yeah. And, you know, I often say good research isn't good psychotherapy. Good psychotherapy isn't good research. And sort of to make that bridge, that, that transition from, it's not, e it's not either or, it has to be both. I mean, the whole continuum of making sure it's done well and getting uh, research done on it opens up that end. But to also not to have it just be a research model where everything has to be said exactly right and you're going to have a finality check. Yeah. Yeah, this because clients don't follow the rules. We were talking about that, but I had a client that made a very specific request in the terms of our EMDR psychotherapy, and I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to say no. I felt like it was so amazing for her to say, this is what I really like, and this is what feels good for me right now. And I felt like I needed to respect that in the moment, but I knew I was going outside of the protocol. Know, you know? Yeah. like. <laughs> And the EMDR police are going to knock on the door and tell me to cut your fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> Just here. Yeah. So it's all right. I got it, the I think, and, we, and it's really exciting at this time of, day, of our of our growth. You know, it's our 25th year. And so we've kind of come out of infancy and we're going through adolescence where we're kind of pruning away all those things that are, um, you know, no longer necessary to be carried. Like Siegel's book on the pruning of the adolescent. I can't, what is it? Chaotic mind? I don't follow <laughs> I don't the title of it. But he really talks about neurologically what what the teenager has to do. They've got all this data and you gotta clean off your hard drives and get you know, get down to what you really like to do. And so I think we're in that we are in, in our community we're in that, that tra wonderful transition of maze where we're, we've had twenty five years of really solid, you know, information and now it's like let's continue to build this. So it's exciting time for people to be joining us for that matter. It really is. I think they're um, this piece well, actually, sorry. I was actually, I almost forgot my question that I was going to ask you, and now it came back to me, so okay. we can go back to that. Um, what are your feelings about integrating, like, the outcome rating scales or the session rating scales into EMDR, into the one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy as, an, as kind of a, a way to still keep track of what's happening with our outcomes, but not feel like we have to be in this, like, tiny little box? Yeah. Well, I think any measurement that lets the client know they're getting better. Yeah. I mean, it's not about our validating what we're doing. It's like, look what you've changed, you know. Yeah. And for some, filling out and having, gosh, look at the, you know, if it's, if, if it's, I can see it on paper and I respond differently by looking at a score, yeah. um, it's valuable. The flip side is, though, with really complex clients, we also know that they get better and then they hit a, they hit a roadblock and they get a little worse. Now you have to consider, do I want you to see that the scores change because <laughs> we pulled up another piece of harder work. It's going to, yeah. it's going to kind of change present. So I think it's all within the context of how are we going to do what's best for the client. Yeah. You know, and and uh, the nice outcome measurements are good. Yeah. And as I said, I don't think it should be for us validating who we are. We, we are who we are. We don't need to prove anything anymore. Oh, can you say that, say that <laughs> yeah. to the camera? We are who we are. We don't have to prove anything. We do not have to prove anything anymore. <laughs> it is here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're past the hundredth monkey. Yeah. You know, we're past the hundredth well, monkey. And it's I think part that's... Of I think that's more than, and I want to say even beyond, beyond being an EMDR therapist, you are who you are, and you are here to stay, and you have to validate yourself, not be validated by external place, you know? Yeah. Um, get good training, but... Well, and you, you take what you like and use and fit you, and you use aspects of it. That's why, you know, I think part of the disconnect can be 
if you're EMDR, you're this, and you may not have to, can't, you may not be able to be this, but I think you can be, you can be aspects of whatever. You just sort of integrate it, just like a musician plays how he thinks Mozart wanted the music to be played. Yeah. The techniques are there, but the interpretations and the attunement are, are flexible. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then you, you're kind of um, in a cool way. Um, you, because you've been doing, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, you've been doing EMDR training for the institute for a long time, and then um, you've now developed your own curriculum and your own kind of process based on you know twenty years of, right. of training. Tell me why that came to be and, and how you see that transforming the process for people. Uh, well, I think we all learn, and then we we build from what we learn onto what we know. And then we want to continue to grow, and sometimes we have to kind of move that way. As I'm saying this, I remember this probably outdates most of your audience, but in my time, there was a great basketball player, Oscar Robertson. Uh -huh. It was it turned out to be one of the best ever. When he was in college, he had to have some tutoring, uh, as most athletes would have to have. And he outscored his his tutor, and they asked him because he was a very public figure. They asked him in an interview, well, "How come you outscored?" He said, well, the, the, um, my, my coach or my, my tutor told me everything he knew. I didn't tell him anything I knew. <laughs> so I think we all grow. And I think yeah. it's, it's sort of like I, I gained so much experience from, all, from not only with Francine and all the training staff and the facilitators, mm -hmm. but probably, you know, you mentioned the list that I've been on. And I probably can kind of formulate a lot of my theories because of hearing problems that came up from all over the world that were very similar. You start to say, these are areas that need to be expanded upon. These are areas that need to be outside the box a little bit. You know, and I think here again, Francine is in this dilemma of I want to continue to expand and I have to validate this. You know, I, yeah. I'm the front runner to make sure this stays and has the validity with research. Um, and so it's sort of like you learn this, just it's time to move on, move out of the house. And, and I think those who have done that in the past, uh, you have to credit, credit Francine for parenting me. You know, what's our goal as a parent? To get you out of our house. <laughs> you know, we start that the minute our kids are born. We teach them, you know, we model and we, we structure, but then we let them grow. Yeah. And I think it's a natural progression. She's been supportive. And, you know, recognizing that, you know, I have to grow. And it's, it's growing, the, just growing the community. Yeah. And so I think that's where we are. So awesome. That's getting the self-permission to do that and feeling, having permission to do that. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right, guys, so this is Roy Keesling. I'm going to share his information um, below this video so you can hook up with him. He has amazing um, free lectures that he um, gives away if you get a chance to see him in person. I'm trying to convince him to put some of those up on his website so that you can easily, like, you watch this. You it's can go done. and do that. Tells me to do it. <laughs> um, so go and check him out if you want to learn more about working with clients from a trauma perspective. If you want to find out about EMDR training, um, or if you've been through EMDR training and you felt kind of lost and not sure how to integrate to the practice, he's really good. I've, um, I, our tables have been next to each other, so I've watched person after person after person come up and say, oh my gosh, Roy, you changed my practice and you changed my life and the way that you teach really, really inspired me. Um, he didn't know that I was listening to all of that, so he's a little embarrassed right now, but it's, it's really an amazing thing. So go and check him out. And, you know, this is not a plug for EMDR training. This is a plug for connect in, find your passion, get involved in something that really speaks to you. 
and continue to grow and develop. You know, don't get stuck in little boxes. You know, find find what really works and put your client's needs first always, always. Yeah, before right. she hangs up on you. Uh, she's going to also put down there that you need to go, if you're interested in any type of training in EMDR, go to emdria.org. They're our governing body that guarantees you'll, yeah. get, the, you'll get the best training as you can based upon Francine's yes. materials. Uh, yes. Rather than following around with some of the fly-by-night uh, shortcuts to do eye movements and different things if you really want to feel professional and real. But I'm going to encourage yeah. you to put that on there. <laughs> I will happily, happily put that on there. And I will tell you guys that um, the, the, the training that I went through, the, the part one, part two, six day workshop, um, I learned more about trauma in those six days than I learned in graduate school, that I learned in 70 hour training, than I learned uh, 70 hour training just about trauma, that I had learned in like um, all my supervision, even though I had great supervisors. Um, there is so much amazing information that's integrated in with that. So even if you went in and your focus, you decided you just hated EMDR and you thought it sucked, you will not be unchanged. Um, by this experience, and you will bring back tools that will transform your clients' lives. Great. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs>